Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And I'm Trinity French. And we are your business coaches at Wired to Change. With the number two. We help you get your business to the levels you want to get it to so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner. And we're here today with a very, 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 very special guest, my dear friend, business partner, associate, referral guru, networking genius, social media diva, the oh, one, going, the going. only, Nikki Crow with The Home Inspector. Woohoo! Yeah, and guess what they do? Home inspections, holy crap. <laughs> oh my gosh. Brain is blown. Best business yeah. name ever. So Nikki, we love having special guests on and I had to throw in as many varies as I could in there because as those of you that have been listening know, Scott keeps track of how many varies. So hopefully I gave you more varies than I gave to him since you two were actually the reason that he and I, um, well, he's the reason that you and I met. Yes, exactly. And could not be more grateful that he made that introduction because you have been um, a huge part of not only my business world, but also a huge part of my personal world. And I love when business and pleasure can mix together and friendships and workshops can be born. So before we get started, I wanted to let everyone know that um, Nikki and her husband, Charlie Crow, do own The Home Inspector, and they are my go-to home inspection company that I use in my real estate practice. So just putting that out there for you real estate agents that are listening, if you're looking for a great home inspector in the Raleigh-Durham area, they are your go-to team. And we appreciate the plug, thank you. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So. As I mentioned, you're in business with your adorable husband. Yep. Tell me about how you guys decided to make the leap into owning your own small business. Holy crap. How, how long is the show? <laughs> <laughs> as long as we need. Oh, man. Um, so for those who don't know Charlie and I, um, in the business world, I tend to be more of a very realistic planner, where Charlie is very much the dreamer, and in that sense, we balance each other very uh, well. But when it came to this business, Charlie always knew that he wanted to work with me. We, he wanted us to be a team, um, and he wanted us to do our own business. I was very happy being in corporate IT sales. I did really well with it. I liked it. I was like sickeningly like obsessed with it. Um, so the way that we came together was really uh, Charlie. We um, He started the business and was doing really well, and I was helping him on the side kind of grow the business, and it just got to the point where I was doing 100% at work, 100% outside of work trying to grow our business, and then 100% trying to raise our kiddos. And when you're giving 300%. There's nothing left. Yes, you are yeah. just done. And then um, – so something had to give, and we set these really high, like, lofty goals. Like, okay, if we can meet these goals, then we will both quit our full-time jobs and focus on this full-time. And, you know, you always set the goals so high so you don't feel like you're going to meet them. And crap, if we didn't meet the freaking goals, um, which is a good thing. Congrats. But it's also, like, yes. <laughs> it's also kind of a bad thing. But that's, that, that's how we started. Okay. So at what point do you think he decided that he wanted you guys to do this together? From day one. From day one? He, um, not that you're asking about how we met, but he's, um, he's very much like he knew as soon as he saw my photo, um, we, we met online dating, um, that I was to be his. 
Um, I was not quite there yet, and he knew once we got married that we were meant to be working t- together. And a lot of it is him. Like it's it's he knows that this is what he wants. He knows that we offset each other really truly yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one hundred percent Charlie Crow. <laughs> That's amazing. That is something that I did not know about you guys prior to yes. rolling into this episode. <laughs> And uh, forgive the voice this week. So, so yes. sexy. say what you want. Yeah. yeah, say what you want. Mike's already uh, gravelly deep voice is um, accentuated today by a little cold uh, that he caught, or maybe I should say a big cold that he caught. It's a good one. Yep. And so you might not be hearing as much from him this week as he tries to conserve his voice power, but he will be chiming in here and there with a good uh, zinger or two. I'm Some feeling questions. very Kathleen Turner. <laughs> I'm laughing because I don't know who that is. Oh, uh, what? I just got the eye roll. I just got uh, the eye roll. From I have both. No, I, know, I don't know who Kathleen Turner Romancing is. Romancing the Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. No clue. Deep, raspy voice. Yeah. Okay. No. Nope. Right. Yeah. No totally. Other. That just totally no. rolled no. over my head I'll so let far. I'll out then, yeah. No, that's okay. The, uh, the people did, love hearing about sometimes oh, my yeah. idiocy of lack of pop culture knowledge, which we all know is my Achilles heel. Mm. I don't know famous. I could run in to the most famous person in the universe yeah. and have no idea who they were <laughs> and probably say something really stupid. And they would probably adore that versus you fangirling. Yeah, them. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I secretly just want to hear you say it puts the lotion on its skin. <laughs> it, it puts the lotion on its skin. Yes. Oh, yes. gosh, that is so creepy. <laughs> so New creepy. sound bite for wire yes. to change. Absolutely. <laughs> we did, are did now Charlie a have little, the business uh, idea before the marriage or after? Charlie definitely, as far as the brains, he is definitely all about being his own boss. Um, and as much as I always thought that was a wonderful concept and wonderful idea, I just had never really applied it to me. Um, and then when, when he did it and when he presented it, it was just kind of a no brainer. What would you say is the best part about working alongside your husband? Oh, <laughs> um, well, I actually really do love my husband. So the fact that I get to spend more time with him, but it's definitely a catch 22 because one, if I see a lot of him, it means that I'm not keeping him busy, which is my job is to keep him booked. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, if I see him a lot, then I start stressing a little bit, like, oh my gosh, we're not keeping you busy. And then when I don't see him, I'm like, this is really suck because I'm keeping you so busy and I, I actually enjoy you. <laughs> Right. But that's really, I feel like the best. And um, when we partner together on things, it sounds cheesy, but it's really cool when I get to see what he's strong in and I get to see what, I, what I'm strong in. And when it just pieces together, like a, like pieces of a puzzle, like, look, I'm getting goosebumps of it. Um, it's just, I adore that. And I, I love work. I've always enjoyed being in a team environment. But to know with the man that I chose to team my entire life with, and now I'm able to team our professional life. It's it's really it's really fulfilling. So how did you guys come about deciding what each of your roles would look like? Oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie, it, it was a little ugly. <laughs> so in business, um, he's very much an A type personality, which I think would surprise most people because he's probably one of the most laid back, quietest people you will ever meet until you get to know him. But in business, he's very, Oh, I know him from Charlie (laughs) burned down the dance floor at my wedding. He was nonstop. I love his pictures. I do too. (laughs) And I just, 
he when you get him going, you cannot shut him up and no. adore it. He does break dancing. He does. And yes. that was very impressive at his age. Very yes. impressive. Yes. Our first go away trip, I was dancing and then I looked I went to you know how you back up to him and I, I went to back up and I was like, Holy crap, there's no one to back up and then I looked down, he's on the floor like mm. spinning, spinning around. around. Yeah. It was insane. Um so he he's an A type personality. I'm an A type personality and when it comes to business. So originally we definitely clashed heads constantly. Um, we were really lucky, though. We had another couple um, who are both business owners, amazing people, and we were able to kind of go to them and just kind of soundboard off of them. How did you set these spaces? And I and I think we knew in our head it was as simple as, Nicole, you're in charge of XYZ, Charlie, you're in charge of XYZ, but we weren't respecting those boundaries. And so you almost have to remember that it is just like another business partnership. If someone is stepping on your toes, you nicely push back mm-hmm. to remind them that this is my space, this is your space. Um, for us, too, it was really hard with the family. Like, how do we, you know, you can't help it when you just constantly are talking about business and now you're working together. So now you're talking about business even more. How do we separate that time for business and family? So we actually, I, I laughed about it to this day, but we actually had to put on our calendar times for business meetings. So we knew when we were talking about actual business so it wouldn't consume our entire world. That's great because that was actually one of our questions, which was ah. what do you talk about when you get home at night? And at what point does the business talk turn off? So it sounds like you're putting aside time in which to only talk about the business, which frees you up then to not have to worry about it bleeding into the other. It does. And you know, and we're definitely not perfect at it. Um, like y- yesterday, um, can I say the F word? Am I getting in trouble? No, you're not going to get in trouble. Okay. Um, I was like, babe, I love you, but you're, you're fucking me at this point. Like, it's literally like knives in, in, inside my brain. I can't, I can't handle a, 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 any more work. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, we're definitely not perfect and we, we, we definitely have to make sure that we set time. Um, but we're one of those couples and I, I want to say we've talked to you and Scott about this, but just, um, it's really important when you get married, especially when you go down the kiddo route that you still have date nights. Because without that foundation of who you guys were as a couple, anything you tried to build upon it, it's just gonna it's just gonna crash if it's not a good foundation. So for us, it's really important that we try to keep time for for both of those. I think you guys are doing a really great job. Definitely scheduling those things, making sure. I know you do a lot of networking. You're out and about in the community a lot. Charlie's schedule with doing home inspections can be all over the place depending on when those inspections need to be. So scheduling and carving out that time for just the two of you or time for you guys and the kids is really important. Get a family shared calendar. I promise you it will save your your family, your marriage, your life, etc. When when you guys decided to go into business together, what did the initial business plan and the model client base and everything like like that look like it's funny how that changed um you know it's um i I think at first we knew what our goal like how much money we wanted to make per year we knew what our average home inspection price was going to be so we knew how many we had to get per week per month per quarter to make our goal um so that 
that number hasn't really changed. Um, we, we found that to be competitive in our market, we've had a lower price a little bit. So that number's maybe fluctuated by one more per week. But what's really changed for us is who we're after. Um, you know, most people, when they hear that we're home inspectors, they think automatically you want to be connected with a real estate agent. And yes, in a perfect world, absolutely send all the real estate agents. But Trinity, you can speak to this. How many times do you guys get approached daily by strangers? All the freaking time. And how often do you respond to those people that are, are as, stalking you? As few as possible. <laughs> it, it depends on how they approach you. Yeah. And they, it does yep. really, it really does depend on how, how they approach me. But for the most part, the people that I bring into my circle, I'm bringing in because they were referred in some aspect. They were introduced to me by somebody else because I just, at the end of the day, don't have enough time to respond to every single person who's vying for an opportunity. And because I'm a real estate agent, because I'm the point of that arrow, when it comes to every time I sell a house, 30 to 60 businesses benefit from it. Yeah. So I have mortgage lenders, home inspectors, anyone that's involved in the home process is banging down my door, wanting to get in front of me and vying for a bit of that time. I really can appreciate your marketing on the other end in terms of trying to get in front of real estate agents. And we've had a lot of conversations about, well, what's the best way to do that? And how do you get in front of those people and differentiate yourself quickly so that way you're setting yourself apart from the other hundreds of options that are available? Absolutely. But I I would say that really is kind of what changed the most for us is about who we are targeting and who do we consider our ideal niche. And we went from wanting to be connected with directly with real estate agents to really wanting to be connecting with the people that we call connectors, that person in your group that you go to and ask for HVAC service, for, um, you know, a tree that fell down. Like, those are the people that we want to be connected with because then we're getting a warm connection and a warm intro. And those are always better than a cold intro. What would you say, because you've been, how long have you been in business now? Since, uh, officially since October of 2018. Okay, congratulations. Thank you. You've made it over the first year hump. My heart's racing just thinking about that. Yeah, yes. yeah, but once you can make it past your first year, you're 50% more likely to make it. Once you can make it back past your second year, you're well on your way to being one of the ones that gets past your fifth year because the retention rate in business drops off drastically between that second and fifth year. So I think that you guys are going to be ones that not only make it, but thrive within your business. I appreciate that. We're definitely counting down for that two-year mark. What would you say in the last 18 months or so was an unforeseen obstacle that you guys ran into, and how did you overcome it? Gosh, that's a really good question. Thanks. Um, I'm a business coach. (laughs) I think for us, it was, and this may not be the correct way to answer your question, so if it's not, please tell me. Um, I think for us, it was just the, the idea that we had in our head going forward, like you asked how our our business plan changed. And I think in our head, I'm going, okay, we only need six inspections a week. That's like easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl, right? Like this is not a problem. And then when we go in and we're realizing, okay, the six number, as far as it's very achievable, it's not going to be something we're going to come out the gate hitting. And so I think having to get over that mental, like you're not failing because you're not hitting your six 
you know, you're still succeeding. Hey, this is your first year and you've done X amount of money. Compare this to the other home inspectors. Com- compare it to the business that we're retaining and the, the referrals that we're getting from the existing clients. Um, so I, I really just think that mindset for us was really the hardest thing to, to overcome. And I think that's true for most people, whether you're in sales or business or whatever, the mental is the hardest thing to get past. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know when I um, started in my first year in selling real estate, there was a lot of pressure that I was up against because I had been in the real estate industry. So I had a bit of an edge and advantage over a lot of my competition because I wasn't coming into it fresh faced and not knowing anything. I had the knowledge of the real estate market and I'd been coaching and training real estate agents on how to sell. I actually had a portfolio of past clients but it still lingered inside of me that the way that my first year played out was different than what I had thought it was going to be. And, you know, I didn't hit the goals that I had set my first year. I still did great in terms of industry standards, but to me, it was very disheartening not to hit these giant goals. Because you're competitive. That I set. Very competitive, <laughs> yes. And I don't like losing, even if it's to myself, especially if it's to myself. Yeah. So I can totally understand that. And I know Nikki is also highly competitive. We're probably Try two to of hide the, it, but it like, <laughs> it's oh. okay. We still need to have a game night because I'm pretty sure that we would destroy oh, it. Gosh. Um, or be on opposite teams and have a blast competing yes. against each other. Of all the industries out there, because there's a lot of different stuff that can be done. How did you guys decide, like, what was your thought process And how did you come to land on doing home inspections as the industry that you chose to break into? Really um, simple story, but funny story. Uh, Charlie had been working for Time Warner um, as an independent contractor for them and really loved it. Um, But then when Time Warner got bought out by Spectrum, the department that he was working on, they laid off that entire team. So we went from having two amazing careers, two amazing salaries to... One amazing career, one amazing salary, but it, you know, it was really scary. And he had always talked about doing home inspections because he has a 25 years background in construction. He's been, you know, apartment apartment maintenance tags. Like he just he just loves to fix things. He likes he always tests as a perfectionist as far as personality. So if we were sitting in this room, like he would point out like 10 things like that just weren't perfect. Like that's just how his brain works. Um, and he had always been talking about it. And luckily, um, e- even though he had been let go, we were in that position where I was like, babe, take six months, take six months, figure out what you want to do and let's make sure it's the right path. And he just kept talking more and more about the home inspection. And I was like, dude, I love you. But if you talk about it one more time, I'm going to smack in your head. What <laughs> steps are you taking to get this done? Because this is obviously the step that you want to do it. Go freaking do it before you drive me insane. Um, so he did it and got in class and just absolutely loved it, loved it. And that's how we started. Well, I think a lot of small business owners or people who are thinking about getting into small business don't really know at what point do they make that leap? At what point do they follow that dream or that glimmer of hope or whatever it is that's sort of pushing them towards a certain industry? And did you guys do any 
industry research or what steps did you take prior to getting into that industry to make sure that it was the right one for you both? So when he originally went into it, I was doing, um, I, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, well, I still have a full-time job. I make a decent amount of money. For some reason, if he fails, we at least can fall back on the one income. Um, but ultimately, what I wanted for him is I wanted him to be happy. He's not a spring chicken anymore. Um, we also have three uh, teen boys, and he has two adult kids upstate. And um, I wanted him to have something that he could be proud of and that the kids could be proud of. And they could also see, like, hey, this is the American dream. And even if we fail at it, he tried, right? And, you know, I, I think I've talked to you about that when we first started was like, oh, my gosh, my biggest fear is failure. And I know you and Sam talked about that last week. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, and I had a couple of really good friends who were like, Nicole, okay, you guys fail, but what if you succeed? And, like, I have goosebumps just, like, just remembering the people that said that to us. And I was like, at this point, we're not really losing anything by him trying. Yeah, you know, there's initial money we have to invest for the classes, their equipment, stuff like that, and the licensing. I, I, I just feel like it went really well, and I forgot what the question was. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. And it was really just to figure out what your thought process was before getting started. And it sounds like, and I know just from how meticulous you are, that you guys put a lot of thought into it prior to starting the business. But what I love to see and what I think is um, you know, something that other people who are listening to this podcast that are thinking about starting a small business that you didn't sit there and think on it for five years, yeah. you guys saved up the money, had a game plan enrolled with it. You gave him a six month period to figure it out and then said, okay, we're going to do this and we're going to just knock it out of the park. And I think that is a key differentiator because I've seen so many people that have spent way too long him and han over you know are we when are we going to do this or are we going to do this and they lose all of the potential residual income and referrals that they could have been gaining over the years like i look back and i'm like dang i really wish that i'd started selling real estate like when i was 20 because i would be like <laughs> retired and living on a beach in Only fiji right now yeah um Thank you. You'd be writing your book in New York, but I now, would right? be. Yes. I would be sitting in New York in a condo or little loft apartment, smoking cigarettes, drinking martinis, writing the next great American novel. But someday, someday that will be me. I will be doing that. In addition to the goals that you have set for yourselves, what are some big goals that you have set for the business for this year? Um, you know, our... We really want to hit our, our, our number goal this year. So we really are honing very much in on the six inspections a week, the 24 a month. Um, she knows her numbers, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my my heart just Absolutely. went pitter-patter. You're, you're ahead of most small business owners. Well, I think it helps, um, you know, coming from an IT sales environment and having to know that it's important that you don't look at your pipeline just this month. You should be looking at your pipeline three months out and really knowing that you have to know those numbers to know if your pipeline is going to succeed. And you guys talked about convertibles and knowing mm -hmm. what, your, what your closing rate was. And I think that's really important for us as well um so right now my i'm i'm actually a little like laser focused about just hitting those hitting those, those numbers. numbers yeah yeah and the ability to focus on and keep those numbers top of mind 
takes away a lot of the stress of running a small business because the numbers are what the numbers are. And if you have a goal in mind, then it's just a matter of figuring out how are we going to hit that versus seeing some giant, you know, income number looming about looking at, you know, wanting to make six figures is pretty daunting. But if you're like, okay, where's, we're at five home inspections, where's the sixth one coming from is a lot easier to swallow a lot Absolutely. easier to go after than that big number. So just peeling back those layers and making it something that's weekly achievable on a weekly basis. Absolutely. I'm going to jump back real quick to a previous question you had. How did you guys come to the, the decision of if and when you would leave your full-time job? So, and that's where, when you talked about, um, researching. Um, I researched the hell out of it. Like I, I had reached out to a couple other home inspectors. I kind of knew what the average home inspector salary was. And of course me being the type A female that I am, I was like, well, we can freaking crush that. That's not a big deal. Um, for us, it was a lot of, it was a lot of numbers. Um, and you guys talked about how our business plan had changed. And I think, I think a lot of a lot of what I what I originally researched changed as well. Like I thought, um, we if I could get this contract with this uh, nationally known company um, that worked with Open Door, which mm-hmm. huh, we all know our feelings about yes. Open Door. Um, but you know, if, in my mind, one of the things that we wanted to do was get into this this contract with this nationally known company. And I thought if we did this, we were golden. But what I realized is that for us and what we're wanting to accomplish long term, that that contract was not actually the best move for us. Um, so I think just moving forward and knowing was, again, just hitting those goals that we had originally planned. Honestly, I think it was just having a little bit of faith in my husband and having a little bit of faith in, in me as well and just knowing that um, we have the chance right now to take it and to try it and why not take the chance and, and try it? It's not like we're woke up one night or one morning and decide, hey, we're going to quit our whole lives, put the future of our three kiddos up to, you know, be homeless. So, um, so we definitely put some thought behind it. But I'm the type where I don't like to over talk about things. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Like my girlfriend's taking me shopping with them all the time because they know if you tell me you're out here for a dress and this is what you're after, guess what? I don't care that you want to look at purses. We're going to get the freaking dress and we're going to be getting out done. within 30 minutes. Like <laughs> I just, I like to keep things moving. Yes. That's a long ass answer for your mm-hmm. question, wasn't it? <laughs> I love your long ass winded <laughs> answers. So Nikki. Yes. One of my favorite things to help small business owners do is review their profit and loss statement and also to actually create and review regularly their business plan. And you actually came to our small business seminar um, where we talked about goal setting and business planning. So as a small business owner, how often are you looking at and reviewing your P&L and your business plan? Uh, First of all, for those who have not attended the Wired to Change um, planning sessions or, or any type of coaching sessions, please do. And no, Trin and Mike did not know that I was saying that. And they both kind of like just giggled. Um, but it truly was so important to us. So I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to do that. Because if nothing else, it gave us that time to set aside for that. Because I think in theory, we all think, oh, I'm going to have time to do this. And what happens is we don't put it at the top of our priority list. And so when something else comes a point 
up that we think is more important, it keeps getting put down and down on our list. And so I have to admit that we had not taken the time to prioritize that for 2020. So your your y'all session gave us the chance to prioritize it. Um, but as far as the profit and loss, because I am so focused on the numbers, we're probably looking at a little more than we should. It's kind of like when you're trying to lose weight, they tell you not to step on the scale like every, every single day. day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to look at it weekly and not daily, <laughs> but I, I'm just, I wouldn't recommend daily. I know. Yes. I'm just so determined to make our goals this year that I can't help but be glued, um, to those numbers and. I'm going to tell Charlie to change the password. Well, and I would challenge you to to really think about your driving numbers that drive that PNL. Yeah. So it's great to review PNL. I'm so happy that you're actually doing that. So kudos. I'm giving Yay. you a round of applause because so many business owners do not regularly review their profit and loss statement. But I would challenge you and Charlie to pick one of your leading indicator numbers and see what happens to your business and the growth of your business if you focus on your leading indicators for a month because your profit and loss is going to gives you it's it's like being on the scale right it shows you what's already happened but a leading indicator number that's like counting your calories that's going to be something that's going to control where you're going to end up at the end of the month yeah that's that's really good advice Thank you. And it's something um, that I'm sure Charlie, after he listens to this, will remind me of. Yes, I'm sure he will, because he's such a good little coachy. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You're going to hear it forever for me saying that. All right. Um, So before we wrap up this episode, I have a question for you about us. So you're sitting here with two... I think pretty great coaches. So if you had one question that could be answered by us or a question that you think our listeners would like to know the answer to, what would that be? Um, I would really, um, because I know you guys have both uh, created companies that have been successful. And I, you know, um, being in the networking world, we are constantly coming up and being approached by Um, business coaches and definitely not downplaying the other business coaches but one of the first questions I ask is what company or or tell me your your history what have you successfully started and if they can't answer those questions for me um, I know you've talked about the left pocket and the right pocket their card automatically goes in the pocket that I don't want to follow up with right and so I feel like for you guys I just love to hear your history because I think from y'all's history there's so much that we can learn from it so from you guys um Um, And I don't know how much time we have, but I would love to hear about your one greatest success um, and then the greatest failure that you have. Because as you guys know, um, a failure is only a failure if we don't learn from it. Uh, I'll jump in real quick because I'll be short. Uh, Best thing I learned was I'm better with someone else. Uh, My brother and I started two businesses. They did well. I started two on my own. They went, okay. I didn't enjoy it as much. I didn't anybody to work with. And now working with Trinity, I feel like I'm back in that teamwork part of it. The one decision I wish I had back was my first business. I bought a lawn coin laundromat. No problem with that. It was 50 miles from the house in oh, Daytona wow. Beach. That was the problem. I just blew through like three red flags yeah. that my brother told me not to blow through. And I shouldn't have done that. So that's my advice to everybody. If you see the red flag, uh, as my brother tells me in the business world, don't love something that doesn't love you back. Oh, yeah. And 50 miles away 
wasn't loving me back, but I just wanted to own my first business. Well, in Daytona Beach, 50 miles is what, an hour and a half? That was inland. That was straight inland. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Woo! Yep. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did go by a place where you could drive through and buy liquor, so that was a cool thing about Florida. Ooh, yeah. And driving, that's that great. Was perfect. Perfect, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the successes that are the greatest are not necessarily the things that we do that have the biggest financial impact or the biggest impact on the most number of people. But something that stands out to me is the reason that I love coaching and I love working with people who are in business for themselves is it's like I'm a cocoon and I can come in and wrap myself around somebody and help them go through this metamorphosis that allows them to come out the other side a completely changed person. And one of the first real estate agents that I was able to work with, um, we were coaching and there were two times um, in our coaching sessions that really stood out to me and it had absolutely nothing to do with the numbers and nothing to do with the spreadsheets and nothing to do with the data, which is what most people think that I like to focus on. Um, the one is when he came in and he just had a look of pure panic on his face and I looked at him and I said, your wife's pregnant, isn't she? Oh gosh! And he's like, how did you know? And I said, well, well, people only come in with that look on their face for one of two reasons. And that was one of them. It was the first thing that popped in and he was like, yep. And so we had to completely revamp his plan and his financial plan. But I felt so honored that I was the first person that he shared that with after his wife. And actually that same agent, another coaching session, he came in and again, nothing to do with the numbers, nothing to do with anything that I, any systems or things that I'd helped him to put into place. But he came in one day and he said, um, one of the first things that I told him when we started coaching is that he needed to meet with his financial advisor. He needed to get his life insurance in place, make sure this health insurance, you know, because being a small business owner, you're responsible for doing all these things. And he came into my office. And with the biggest smile on his face said, Trinity, I just bought life insurance for me and my wife. We have health insurance in place. And he just started crying. He's like, I've never felt so good that I've hit all my financial goals. Everything's in place. And my family is fully protected. And that to me was the biggest awesome. success. So it wasn't, you know, oh, growing a company from seven agents to, you know, a team of 60. Like, yeah, those things are cool, but it's those little wins where you truly are having such a strong impact on something that could really change somebody's life that have been those pivotal moments in my career. Love it. Um, failures. Jesus Christ, I've had like a gazillion of them. I don't even know which one to pick. Um, I would say that early on in my career, one of the biggest failures that I faced repeatedly was I was so excited about the opportunity that was available for people to be in business for themselves that I was not as good at interviewing and coaching people out of the business fast enough. So actually, Mike calls me Dr. No now <laughs> because I've gotten really good at helping people to get out of business or not get in business and get in over their heads if they're not cut out for it. Nice. And not everybody is cut out to be in business for themselves. It's just, it's really freaking hard 
It's um, there's a big uphill battle. You're pushing a giant boulder up a giant hill and it is okay. We need people who are really good at working in the corporate world and that are really great at having day-to-day jobs. And I love those people. And some of them are my favorite clients, but not everyone is cut out to be a small business owner. So I'd say those are some of my biggest failures was, you know, not helping them get out fast enough. So one last question for you, Nikki. Okay. You and Charlie are both strong-headed. You're both A-type personalities. Uh-huh. And you're in this business together 50-50. Mm-hmm. So who breaks a tie vote in your household? Who thinks they break the tie? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyone who's ever watched the my Big Fat Greek wedding, you're going to be very familiar with what I'm about to say. I'm a big believer that the woman should always be the neck. And we allowed the man to be the head. Here's the thing, though. Without the neck, there's nothing for the head to sit on. Without the neck, the head does not know which direction they are turning. So uh, the proper way for me to answer this is he always wins, of course, because I'm a loving wife. Um, But he is heavily persuaded. I love it. I absolutely love it. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on this episode, and I am super pumped about our next episode that you're also going to share with us. We are going to be talking all about networking and social media, which Nicole is fabulous at both of those. So I can't wait for you to share with our listeners. And of course, we want you to like us. We want you to share us. We want you to go out there on the webosphere and do all of the things that Mike is laughing because I'm totally destroying all the things that you're supposed to do. Like, share, and comment, rate, 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 and review. Subscribe. Yeah, we need to write that down for me. You should do all those things because we love to communicate back with you. So if you email us, info at wiredtochange.com, or send us a tweet, send us an Instagram, we will absolutely love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to us on our Wired to Change podcast.